Hi, I'm Karina. I'm the Music Ministry Director at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honour God and make disciples. Well, we started a series called The Gospel, looking in details on the book of Romans. So for the past two weeks, Pastor Richard has been uh, talking to us from chapter one. We started off on the first week uh, addressing that only through Jesus, we will be able to have an authentic change when we authentically have a genuine relationship with Christ. So change can only happen when we have an authentic relationship with Jesus. That's on chapter uh, chapter 1 on the first week. And then last week, Pastor Richard warned us that the wrath of God is real. And it has serious consequences. And we all, and I emphasize, all of us, you, me, our families, all of us, we all need Jesus. Because Jesus took our wrath upon himself. And when we believe, when we acknowledge that Christ is our Lord and Savior, when we acknowledge what he has done and put our trust in him, then God's grace is upon us. That God will, re, uh, will exchange the wrath with his grace so that we can be restored back to God. So today, we begin chapter 2. That's chapter 1. And let's read from the text today, right? It's, a, it's, it's pretty long. We have 16 verses. Let's read from uh, all of it in verse 1 to 16. It says, You, therefore, have no excuse. You who have passed judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment, you who pass judgment, do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human, when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same thing, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the richness of kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Verse 5, it says, But because of your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when His righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by persistent in doing good, uh, in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jews, then for the Gentiles, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. First for Jews, then for the Gentiles. For God does not show favoritism. Verse 12, it says, All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature 
do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their conscience also bear bearing witness and their thoughts, sometimes accusing them and other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secret through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. That's the, that's the verse that we will tackle today. So even though I entitled my sermons today called God's Righteous, Righteous Judgment, there are really three main thoughts that I will try to convey through all these verses. So let's, let's, let's look at the first thought that's coming from verse 1 to 4. Romans 1 to 4, it says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the richness of His forbearance, for His kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is, inten is intended to lead you to repentance? Well, you know, as I was reading those first four verses, when I, I know that some of you, your mind or your hearing, kind of stop after verse one. All right? You, you're like, you know, it's like when I'm reading, you, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for whatever point you pass, you, you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you pass judgment to the same thing and then you just watch my mouth, your mind and your hearing gone blank and it just goes like blah, 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 blah because you're so fixated, right? On, on that first verse itself, you said, you're like, amen, pastor, amen, that's right, preach it. We shouldn't judge others. Or, or sometimes you say, yeah, he or she is so judgmental. I don't know why they judge me. Can't we just accept one another? Can't we just pray for one another? You know, even our society currently is telling us that we should not judge. We should just accept and tolerate every kind of belief, behaviors and values as long as we're not hurting anyone. Isn't that true? Isn't that what the media has been telling us? Do not judge, right? That's what the Bible says, do not judge else you will be condemning yourself. But the reality is, we make judgment every day. Right? So you will, you will say, you know, my boss is in a good mood today, that's a judgment. Or he's a terrible boss, that's, that's a judgment. Sometimes, for those of you who are married, sometimes your wife wants you to make a judgment. She'll say like, honey, um, how do I look? In this, now all the men who are married know that when your wife asks you that question, it's a trap. You've been trapped because there's really no, no answer that will get you out of this situation. When you said, uh, you look good, dear, there's like, really? Are you being truthful? And if you said, oh, actually, that kind of looks like, you know, say, oh, you don't look how I look. You can't get out of it, you know. My kids make judgment on my cooking all the time. Right? But thankfully, it's, it's because they want to think, decide if the dish 
is worthy um, to be included what we call the hall of memories for the Chongs. You know, so, you know, because when, when, when I was growing up, I always have these fond memories of sitting together with, with, with the family, eating together. And now they're, they're, they're thinking, is the chili crab good enough? Or is that pork ribs? Is it, is it something that has special meaning or memorable through their lives and through their kids? So yeah, the, my kids make judgment on my, on my, on my, on my cooking. And heck, you know, some of you even judge me on wearing my orange crock. Yep. Don't judge. Just because you have a preference for dull colors in your life, don't think that my orange crock is terrible. I'm sorry. Um, did I just make a judgment on you? Dull colors? Well, I think I did. Sorry, all right? <laughs> you forgive me. Well, you see, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For us to know that there is a bad burden, for us to be able to carry somebody's burden, it will require us to make a judgment. You know, if your best friend or a guy in your connect group, you know, it's frequently and I'm saying frequently harsh to the kids, the way that they talk to the kids, the way that they yell at the kids, or frequently rude and disrespectful and loving to the wife, will you make a judgment? Will you make a judgment and speak to that person, that guy in love about it? If he's your best friend, if he's in your connect groups, do you have the platform to be able to make a judgment and approach that person, to speak to that person in love about it. What if you are the person that's going through a difficult season in your life? If I'm going through a difficult season, I would have wish that one of my spiritual brothers or sisters will make a judgment and come and offer me some help. You see, we can't really carry the burden if we don't make those judgments, right? I know in some cultures, and some of us may, may, and even some of us think that we don't want to be a burden. But, you know, the Bible says, hey, we are a spiritual family. We are called to carry each other's burden. And the word carry means it's an action, right? You don't, not, not just pray about it. Yes, you pray for that person. You, 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 you care about that person, but when the Bible says carry each other's burden, it's an action. That means we jumped on and offer our help, put it into action, not just a thought, all right? This is it's the thought that counts. Yes, the thought counts, but action is louder than words, all right? So I encourage you, if you need to make a positive judgment to help one of your spiritual brothers and sisters, do it but do it in love. Okay, let's go back to verse 1 and 4. And this time when I read it, I hope you don't shut your mind, you don't, you don't stop hearing it, all right? Okay, I'll, I'll jump straight to verse 2 because you know I've been reading it a couple of times now. Verse 2, it says, Now we know God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? 
Or do you show contempt for the richness of kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, the, 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 in verse 1, it says, Therefore, when there's a word therefore in the beginning of a chapter or in the beginning of a verse, we always try to look back to a few ch- verses before that and, and, and try to f- think, what is it referring to? Okay, so Paul was writing to the, uh, to the Gentiles in chapter 1. And what did he write? In verse 1, uh, in chapter 1, verse 18 to 28, Paul was basically listing all the sins that the Gentiles have been accused of or have been doing. All right, it's listing sins like idolatries, lust, homosexuality, wickedness, evil, Greed, murder. Those are pretty big sins. Okay, you know, remember Pastor Richard also told us at the beginning that the book of Romans was basically written to a church that consists of both Jews and Gentiles. The, the church was, was started by the Jews in Romans and uh, so, and then the Gentiles began to join them. But, the Jews were kicked out of the city, okay, by Emperor Claudius. And when they were kicked out by the city, the Gentiles in the church began to grow, right? They grew and grew and they began to have a certain patterns of the way that they do things, all right? So when, when the Jews are allowed to come back to the city and they begin to integrate back in, uh, with the church, that's where tension happens. That's where misunderstanding happens, right? So when Paul is listing down, you know, the sins are like idolatries, homosexuality, lust, wickedness, evil, all those big sins. When he was addressing to the Gentiles, the Jews was basically standing on the side like, yep, that's it. That's them. You know, all the big sins, yeah, that's them. Tell it to them, Paul. But Paul also started to list down other sins like deceits, gossips, slanderers, arrogance, boastful, disobedience to parents. Yeah, disobeying parents is in there. No love, no mercy. See, a sin, it's a sin. And that's why God's righteous judgment is upon everyone. We may think that we don't commit those big sins, But all of us are guilty at one point or another for lying, having pride, showing no mercy, no love. And some of us are even disobedience to our parents. Well, I think all of us at one point or another are disobedient. We have disobeyed our parents, right? And my gosh, our thought lives, let's not even get there because... In the later part of the scripture, God says, uh, the scripture says, God judges the people's secret. Things we do that we don't think anybody else knows, but God knows, and He will judge that. So after speaking to the Gentiles in chapter 1, Paul began to turn to the Jews in chapter 2 and basically said, Hey, don't be a smug, guys. Because you guys are just as guilty. Just because you, the Jews, 
you know, throughout the history of the Bible, you have tasted God's kindness, forbearance, and patience. You are not exempted from the judgment because you are still doing the same stuff. Okay? You see, God's kindness, forbearance, and patience is readily available for all of us, not just you, special group. It's readily available for all of us. But we can't take it for granted. So examine our hearts if we have to make a judgment towards our spiritual brothers and sisters. And we should only make righteous judgment that will lead them back to God. Lead them back to God for repentance. This should be the only reason. Not so that we can feel self-righteous. Not so that we can say we're better than you. Not because we want to gossip. But a righteous judgment that will lead our spiritual brothers and sisters back to God for repentance. So that they can receive God's restoration and God's redemption. That's my first thought. Second thought. Romans chapter 2, verse 5 to 10, it says... But because of your stubbornness and your unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when His righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who persisted in doing good, seek glory, honour and immortality. He will give life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human for every human being who does evil. First for the Jews, then for the Gentiles. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. First for the Jews, then for the Gentiles. For God does not show favoritism. Well, if you look at that verse, it sounds a little bit contrary to one of our basic Christian belief. One of our basic Christian belief is that we are saved by the grace of God, not by our own works. So if you read verse 5 and 6 carefully, it's saying that we, though we now know that we have sinned, someone has brought it to our attention, we are still stubborn and unrepent, unrepentant. And therefore, God will judge us according to our sin. However, if we repent and allow God to sanctify us, to correct us, Verse 7 states that by persistent in doing good, okay, it didn't say you have to be perfect, but you have to persistently strive to do good. So even when you fail, you stumble and fall, we get up again because our main motive is so that we can glorify God and we're not doing it because it's a religious duty. We do it to glorify God not for our self-righteousness. We do it to honour God, not for the acceptance of men. And we have to do it through faith in Jesus Christ. Then we will receive the reward from God. And this applies to all of us, right? It says God does not show favoritism. This applies to all of us, even if you are a young Christian or a, or a leader. And even if you are a pastor, God will judge the same. So God judge me the same, God judge you the same, right? In fact, the Bible states that elders and pastors have to be above reproach. We, as leaders, are held to a higher standard. I've been judged. 
as if I have to be a perfect pastor. I have to be a perfect guy because I'm a pastor. You know, some, some guys come to, come to me and say, I'm shocked Pastor Alfred behaved that way. He's a pastor. How can he react that way? Well, you know what? I am just glad that I have men or spiritual brothers that look after me. They're even staff. They can come to me because they know I am a man in need of grace. That they care enough to point me back to God for repentance, restoration, and redemption. That when I lose my temper or when I get a little bit intense, this brother will tap me on my shoulder and say, bro, you're getting too intense. Just chill out a little bit. With that, I step back. Or when I became too critical, one of the staff cares enough and bold enough to say, Pastor, guard your heart. We all need spiritual brothers and sisters to come to us to lead us back. All right? And my final thoughts in chapter, 12, uh, chapter 2, verse 12 to 6, is that all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but in those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and at other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secret through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Here, the Bible states that once we receive correction from our trusted spiritual brothers and sisters, we got to get back to God. Why? So to repent so that we can be restored and redeemed by God. It's not as simple like, oh, I get caught. I, I just won't do it again. You need to make it right with God. And if you have caused someone hurt, you got to make it right with the other person. Because it is not just enough that we get brought to realize that we've made a mistake. we got to have restitution and restoration. And again, no exception whether you're a leader or not. I've lost count on the number of times that I've asked for forgiveness for, from people that I've offended. All right. God will always, always restore and redeem us when we come to repentance. And if God is that gracious, who are we to hold grudges against the people that have wronged us? Because we are supposed to lead people back to God, not condemn them in their sins. I'll just end with this beautiful redemption story, one of my favorite redemption stories, right? Um, it's the story of Xavier and Petra Fangapo. If you know Petra, uh, she is on staff for a couple of years right now. So we, normally on a weekly basis, I have meetings with my staff to talk about you know, the things that we need to do. But on this particular week, after we had our weekly meeting on what to do, I, I noticed that Petra was pretty nervous and there was like, you know, something that she wanted to get off her chest. So I asked her, you know, what was wrong? What, is there something that you want to tell me? 
So Petra confessed her sin. She told me she's pregnant. Normally it's good news, but the thing is, she and Xavier were not married at that time. So she was really nervous when she was confessing that to me as her boss, as her pastor. She was expecting to be fired, kicked out of the church because, you know, she's on staff. Uh, she's in music ministry, you know, uh, and leading our event team. So she has stage ministries. So we quickly organized a meeting with senior pastor, Pastor Chris, Richard and Pastor Chrissy. And in the meeting, we assured them, both Petra and Xavier, they were in the meeting together, that we still love them. And we want to help them through the journey. But because of their stage ministry um, you know, exposure and because she's on staff, we, we want to inform the elders and seek the elders' collective wisdom on how best to journey through this challenge. Okay. So the elders came back and affirmed affirm them because they have a repentful heart. The church would definitely stand with them for full restoration and redemption. However, they still have to face the consequences. Yes, she's not fired from her work, but she has to step down from all ministry. Well, in the work, I can tell you that she was given a final uh, written warning, disciplinary warning about it. Uh, but she stood down. We have to step her down from all ministries, both of them. And we ask them to focus on getting their hearts back to God, getting it right with God. Uh, with the, the, the church prescribes different programs for them to journey through, uh, to, to prepare them, journey through their pre-marriage, to prepare them for marriage. All right. Uh, we also uh, call a family meeting okay, to let everyone know what has happened and what the church is doing about it. Hopefully, that family meeting prevented any gossips or accusation that the church is too legalistic, that the church is too lenient. It's, it's, it's basically, we want to not give the enemy a foothold in the lives of the Fungapos, which is Xavier Petra, and in the, in the church. All right? Xavier and Petra, they fully submit to the church leadership. They go through various programs that the church prescribed and they're consistent and faithful in their discipleship. They got married, now they have beautiful Shiloh and after a couple of years displaying God's maturity in their life again, they are restored back to ministry and now even leading a connect group. You see, I believe that's God's honoring. I believe that gives glory to God. See, the reason is not to condemn, but the reason is so that each person can be restored and redeemed when we repent to God. Right now, before we go to our discussion question, I would like to facilitate communion for all of us as a way to respond to this message. So if you have your communion element, I would love for you to join us. Okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 32, it reads, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after cup after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then it says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks this without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So as we come to communion today, the Bible clearly says we need to examine ourselves. So let's examine ourselves. Before we judge others, let's examine ourselves and ask for God's righteous judgment to be on us so that we can come to repentance to be restored and redeemed. We ask the Holy Spirit to uncover our the secrets in our hearts that sometimes we may not even know so that we can bring it to the cross. The broken body covers all the sin. We do not have to be afraid when we come to God. Let's take the bread together. And the blood of Christ that it signifies in this club gives us the power to continuously strive to do good so that we can honor God and glorify Him. Let's drink the cup together. Father, we thank you for the word today. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that God, that it is in your grace, O oh Lord God, Father, we can walk through this life regardless of any challenges that is before us and that is ahead of us. God, we totally submit to you, God, Father, and that, Lord, that you will use our spiritual brothers and spiritual sisters to bring light into our life when things are not right with you, O oh God, Father, Lord. You will use your people to speak to us in love for the main purpose, for the sole purpose that God, that we can come back to you in repentance and receive restoration and redemption. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website, www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.